This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. What's happening? I'm warming my voice. Welcome up. to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. <laughs> Hosted by oh, I need an air horn on here. Cody Smith. That's not. That's not your horn. Inst- <laughs> instead of an air horn, it should just be me going. Like, uh, like literally, like your voice. Mm-hmm. Like we need an air horn, and it goes. Fine, fine. I like that you wrote Jessica. Nobody else called. No one in my life calls me Jessica except for you and Gabe Miller that one time. And you he goes, like, Jessica. Can I call you Jessica. You did. Oh, no, I don't mind. It's my name. I feel like you mind though. I don't. I like it. No. It's. I like that. That is a thing that you and I have, as you oh. call me Jessica. It's like our thing. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Gabe one time went, Jessica. What is an inverted push-up? Mm. And I felt. Um, my like soul leave my body and run for cover, and that was horrifying. You should have just took this sheet of paper and went. I should have. Gabe. For those listening at home, it is a sticky note depicting the very <laughs> scientific graph of <laughs> fuck around and find out. I want to let you know who. And now, suddenly, I cannot send this episode to my mom. <clears throat> it's okay. I'm going to edit out all this stuff. We're just getting. You don't want the cold open? I mean, we're getting loose right I now. I love a good podcast with a cold open. <sighs> but what if you? But do you, do you really want your mom to listen to this? She'll listen to it anyway. But you just dropped the f bomb on live television. <laughs> this isn't television. <laughs> live podcast. I love a cold open. Uh, all right, so we're here to do a podcast. All oh, right, really? what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. It is my pleasure. And I'm just super excited to have my friend Jessica on the show. Jess, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, you guys, so Jess is the coach extraordinaire behind all of the jokes that we have here at Virtuous Fitness. Um, no, but she's, uh, she's great. She came to us a few years ago and I was just very interested in, in starting to really display the team to the outside world. And Jess was the second person that I talked to about it. And I was like, Hey, we're going to get her on the show. Noise canceling is amazing. So it's going to cancel all that stuff out. Okay, perfect. Um, but all those things being said, Jess, please tell the people your backstory. I want to know kind of, you know, from childhood, no, I'm just kidding. From just kind of early oh, adult. I got life. ADHD. Don't do oh, yeah, that. Yeah. So I'll start from childhood. So let's just go from like who, from, you know, just give us who you are in a nutshell. Who am I? Yeah. I am Jess. I am a coach at Virtuous Fitness. I am a Navy wife, dog mom, occasional fitnesser, ADHD haver, mm. Jesus lover. Mm. We do love Jesus on this oh, show. That's me. You know, when I relaunched the show, I decided that I was going to talk about Jesus more. I love that. And it's a lot of good feedback, actually. I'm very surprised by that. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, th- there's always this fear of, like, if I talk about God that people are going to feel a certain way. I've been talking a lot more um, about God on my Instagram stories, mm-hmm. which has been nice. Um, and I, had too, have had a lot of positive feedback. Mm. Can I say something interesting that happened this morning? Actually, I actually haven't told anybody yet. Oh, wow. So it's a fin- Virtuous Coach podcast exclusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is when we need the air horn. So this morning, finished my run, ran for 45 minutes. Uh, I haven't told Subtle flex. I haven't told the podcast yet, but I uh, did sign up for a marathon April 2nd. And uh, so running has kicked up again, but was running for 45 minutes this morning. Got done. Uh, <laughs> super crazy. I'm like listening to, you know, August Burns Red and all the metal and stuff that I like to listen to when I'm running. And I finished, and I was like, all right, you know, a little cool-down walk. Still in a little gyra from Elevation Worship. Ooh. And, like, I don't know what it is, but it's, it, like, just something came over me, and I literally started crying. Me. Me in the parking lot of my eyebrow lady right. the other day, I told you. Yeah. 
Elevation Worship aggressively took me to church on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. I've actually been praying hard about just wanting to feel the Holy Spirit more. And yeah. I feel like sometimes either I'm numb to it or just don't, or I just don't, um, I'm not open to receiving it because I know it's mm -hmm. there. I'm just not receiving it. And like, I totally received it this morning. I was mm -hmm. like, man, that's a crazy feel. Like I am no dude that's just crying randomly, right? So when it happens, it's always very startling to me. Yeah. Like, what's this it's stuff coming out of my face convicted right now? Convicted by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, Do you really listen to Kane, the band Kane? Uh-uh. You should. They're so good. They have Elevation Worship vibes. It's yeah. three siblings. My two friends. Um, oh my Jenna gosh, are they doing like? Is it? Do they kind of sound like pentatonics a little bit? Like they're like. They're very good at harmonies. Yeah. Their harmonies are extraordinary. But I have two friends, Jenna and Zoe, who are in a worship band, and they actually toured with Kane because both the sisters were pregnant at the same time, and good. so um, they're so good. They have a song called the uh, La uh, Lazarus. It's really good. Megan, it, just, Megan literally showed me something yesterday that was three people. It was mm -hmm. like pentatonics like. I wonder mm -hmm. if it's the same people. I don't remember what the name was. I'll send was. you some of their jams. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. real good. Uh, okay, so Jess, I really, I think something that I've always admired about <clears throat> like you as a coach of this gym is like your ability to, number one, make people feel comfortable and heard and seen. But the other piece too is like, I feel like you've always ran a very exceptional group session. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit on the show today and then, um, really just people get to like uh, unpack who you are as a person right now. Literally, uh, Tanya here at the gym is trying to smash coach Jason. Uh, I can't wait to they get him on the show. Coach Jason. That's no, going to be no. so good. I was like, dude, you got to come on here. And he was like, but how are they going to see my hands frozen in place? A little towel, like a nice moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Jess, I want to kind of dig into just, uh, some of the tactics that you use inside of the class. And then, um, maybe like we'll just kind of start with when it comes to, I watch you when people come in here. I watch how you go up, you mingle. I watch how you you make eye contact with them. You really try to not just listen to what people, like literally this is from White Man Can't Jump, but like listening to something versus hearing something. Mm -hmm. I think you can listen but not hear anything. Like mm -hmm. I, I notice that you always listen and hear what people are saying. Where does that come from? So I um, have ADHD. Okay. I've was diagnosed with that like a couple years ago, like a year and a half ago. I spent so much of my life unknowingly, because I didn't, I wasn't, I think I always kind of knew my brain worked different, but I spent so much of my life not being understood by people and not feeling comfortable in spaces. Um, and it didn't ever really feel like people gave me the space to like, for them to even try to like listen to me and understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like too much work. Um, and so I had some events in my life that, kind of led me to adopt this principle that like this flight doesn't charge for baggage. Okay. So anything that somebody's got, um, if they had to live through it, if they have to experience it, I can hear about it. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody comes in and they're talking to me, um, it is really important to me to make them know, to make them feel like they are the most important person in that room. Uh, because I, sp I did spend a lot of my like childhood in like, I have a really good family, but um, in like school and in public settings, not feeling seen mm -hmm. or heard because it was too much for people gotcha. and so I, i'll joke that sometimes I'll, I'll ask a client a surface level question and then i have a disproportionate amount of information <laughs> given back to me um like i do, like we'll be talking about the day and next thing you know it's like my brother's son is like i don't know if you ever watched shark tales will smith was in that movie yeah yeah there's a little shrimp is that, and he's that's like, one of like washing the whale washing yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah yeah okay there's a shrimp that's like and then my brother's kid lost his leg and i'm watching <laughs> the baby and that's how i feel like some of my conversations go yeah um but i love it because i really i think people people don't want to carry other people's baggage yeah ever you know what i think i think we do well at this gym i was actually having a conversation with uh tristan 
Um, so those of you listening to this, a uh, good friend of mine, Tristan, he runs a company called The Daily Pursuit, and he's, his uh, team is actually coaching a few of the coaches here inside of nutrition. And um, we had a conversation yesterday, and he, he just kind of reminded me of something about just like the core desires of people. Mm-hmm. And like one of them is like connection. Mm-hmm. I feel like, it, you know, out of those, you know, five core desires or whatever, I feel like you're very good at that connection piece. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that a lot of coaches kind of stay away from that? I feel like we do a good job of it as a whole here, sure. just like kind of digging in. But like you're you're not going to get that at a lot of other places. Right. Not from like I'm talking across the board here. I feel like our coaches are really good at that. Why why do you think that a lot of coaches like stay away from that a little bit? I think um, sometimes <clears throat> there is an idea that like my job as a coach or like a person's job as a coach is to like provide you fitness or like provide you nutrition. Like my brother lives in Virginia and he um, gets his, he was getting his programming through a coach and it was very clearly like a copy paste template. Mm-hmm. My brother broke his arm um, pretty bad a couple years ago uh, and they had to like do screws and plates and all this. So there's a lot of stuff he was still coming back from. And you could just tell that coach was like, like disregarded all of that information. Mm-hmm. Um so I think sometimes in a pers- in like the pursuit of like a churn, like I got to get as many people into this program, they they stop treating people like people and start treating them like numbers mm-hmm. and dollar signs. And I think, you know, coaching is not in the same way that teaching is not. I went because I went to school for education. It is not a job that you get in if you're like really if you're trying to be like rich. Mm-hmm. If you want to be wealthy, this ain't it. And that's not to say that you can't build wealth or build a sustainable life, but this is not like where the money is. Sure as are like very few jobs that are people focused. And so I think a lot of coaches get to a point where it's like, you know, my job is to like write this program and they forget that there's a human being on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we as a gym are really important about focusing on the people. I even, I mean, we do our programming meetings where the four of us, the four coaches of us sit down and we program and we talk about like, what is this specific person going to do? It's not a hypothetical. It is what is Mary going to do yeah. when she comes into a session? Mm-hmm. So I think keeping that person-focused um, goal is, I think, how you would prevent that. And I just think a lot of coaches lose that. It's actually something that I fell into, I would say, early last year. I thought I was just thinking a lot about, a lot of stress, too, of, like, we've got to grow the gym. We've got to get people in here. I was thinking a lot about, like, you guys as coaches. I wanted to make sure that I could support you guys financially and that I had things for you guys to do and just different avenues for people to make money and to be able to support themselves. I, there, I've always been chasing this. Like, I want all of my coaches to be professional coaches. I don't want people to have other jobs. It's extremely hard in like a micro gym space to do that. However, I'm chasing it. That's where we're going, right? right? And I think for me, I got too focused on getting people in the door that I had not purposefully, but by by design, not by design, but just as a residual thing, I had kind of turned my back on the community as a whole, mm-hmm. right? And just kind of, I got so worried about planting seeds and growing plants that I completely forgot to tend to my garden. Yeah. And it's actually, it's like a reminder that I kind of go through every couple of months about just like tend your garden, tend your, with, with you guys as the team, with the, the community, with my own personal clients about like, I would go, <clears throat> I would literally only talk to my, you know, we were talking about this a couple months ago or maybe a month or so ago about like communication cycles with clients mm-hmm. and stuff. I was literally only touching my clients maybe once a week other than their check-in, you know, but now it's like daily. I'm in my true coach daily. I'm hitting them up. Hey, how are things like giving feedback It's best. Unless I'm like, you know, it's one of those days where it's in and out of sales consultations all day and I've got some coaching stuff and then I'm getting done at jujitsu at, you know, 8 PM at night. Like the last thing I want to do is pop out my true coach and send out messages, but I do the best I can. And, um, so that's something I've kind of, 
I guess, brought way back into like the forefront of what I try to do every day, but I definitely kind of walked away from that. Um, so it kind of sucks. I mean, I also didn't know that about your brother. Either. Mm-hmm. He had like, I've been trying to get him. I'm like, listen, yeah. you don't understand. Yeah. I work at a gym, but listen, he's, Linda, listen, yeah, yeah. Linda, yeah. but he's like, I don't know. He goes to a one life, mm-hmm. which I did not realize wasn't like a big chain. Cause then I'll say up here, I'll be like, he's ever go to like a one life. And they're like, I don't know what that is. Um, but it's like a planet fitness. Kind of. I mean, so, so you guys listen to this. Jess and I are actually from the same seven, five, seven, baby. We're, we're from the same area we're from the seven cities. You know, um, one life fitness, I believe was taken over. They took over a bunch of the old gold's gym. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. those. I or do. Yeah, yeah. I was a YMCA kid. Yeah. But I do recall the gold's gym. Literally the first time I walked into a gym ever mm-hmm. outside of high school mm-hmm. was base naval base, uh, damn neck. Yep, that's where I got married. Did you? Not that's in the cool. gym, but okay. on that base. Yeah, let's go. You've been <laughs> destined in for coaching rack. glory. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. yeah. So. Um, so to kind of fast forward a little bit, like what would you say is like the number one thing you love about coaching the most? Right? Like, I, what what, what oh, gets you excited about it? I love I love the people. I love I love I don't want to say dealing with people because I don't ever feel like I'm dealing with anybody. because um, I think dealing has a connotation that like, oh, this is something I have to like bear. That you have it's, to do. I don't, I get, to. can yeah. I tell you that literally today, this is, this is conversations I did not used to have until I started working at Virtuous. <laughs> I was texting my husband last <clears throat> night to tell him that I would be opening for Tanya, for my friend Tanya, on behalf of Tanya. And I was telling him what I needed to do. And I said, and then tomorrow I have to. And then I said, I mm. backspaced and I went, tomorrow I get to open for Tanya. I do that all the time. Like Because I, like, I do. When I'm talking to the kids, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go in. This morning is a perfect example. I'm getting ready to leave, mm-hmm. getting holding together. Of course, I'm like wrangling him. I've got like my bags and the podcast, like, mm-hmm. you know, my suitcase and stuff. And I'm heading out and I'm like, all right, boys, I'll be back later. Um, you know, I have a couple appointments this morning mm-hmm. and then uh, I have a call. And I'm like, and I'm like, then I stopped myself and I was like, I get to do a couple appointments with yeah. people. And Noah's always looking at me like, right. Whatever, dad. Like, he's, you're an idiot. But what I feel he, like, like I get it. to. I yeah. felt like I got to open this morning right. and it was so fun. And, um, the 5.30 was a different level. But then, you know, we get 6.30 in, and we have a client who um, was trying to – he, like, could not figure out how to string together his toes to bar. First of all, he's, like, as tall as you are. He's on the wrong-sized rig, wrong pull-up bar. But I pulled out a plate. I was like, scoop this with your plate. That's what Tanya did for me when I couldn't string together. He puts five in a row. I'm, like, losing my mind. I'm, like, banging on the rig. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff is, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. It's just, like – I don't even want to say because it, it sounds cliche to be like telling people, like showing people that they're capable of more. It's just like getting to be somebody's cheerleader is always oh, my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so funny. Like, uh, <clears throat> I think sometimes, especially when you do this all day, every day, mm-hmm. it's super, number one, it's easy to get complacent. But the second thing is like, it's easy to not be grateful for mm-hmm. this. Sometimes I, this is me being straight up with you guys. Like sometimes I feel this is just like a job. I'm just mm-hmm. punching a clock today. Like I'm tired. There's a million other places places I'd rather be. There's more things on my to-do list than there is time to knock them out. And I'm just like, I'm just going to get stuff done today. Yeah. Lately, I would say within the past six months, I've been really trying. And this is because recently, like, you know, we've had like a death near to us that just kind of reminded me of like this stuff. Like I literally posted on Instagram today. Like, right. like. You are, in fact, blessed. Yeah. No matter whether you want to be blessed or not, you are. You woke up, you're breathing this morning. Right. So just kind of remind myself of like, man, I'm going to wear sweatpants today. Right. I'm going to throw on a hoodie. 
right. with my brand. I'm going to go hang out with some of the most uplifting and positive people that I can right. who are coming here to be uplifted and feel some positivity from me. How dare I walk in with some with some bad energy today. Right. Like who am I to, there are people with way worse jobs doing way dirtier things mm-hmm. for longer hours mm-hmm. for a, less of a paycheck. So it's like, who am I to think that like, this isn't a blessing. This isn't something to be excited about. I better put on my, my happy boy pants and head in and know that, especially for, you know, we always say like the clients don't care how we feel. Like it's mm-hmm. our job to put on that show. Um, there's time for darkness, but right. I do the best I can to stomp that thing out as fast as I can. Right. And I think there's like, you know, I, I'll, I have been in the kind of wake of us finding out we're moving back to Virginia. Um, I have definitely not been, I would say, like my happiest version of myself. And I'm never somebody who's going to like fake it till I make it because I think clients know. Mm -hmm. They can tell when you're off um, or when when you're being disgenuine. But like for me, I mean, kind of the same idea. It's like I think every person, and this is like, I think it's a German word, but there's this idea of every individual person you see like at Safeway has their own life and their own story and they go home to their families and this realization that like every single person is the main character of their own story and so for me it's like I come into this job and obviously I'm the main character of my own story that's not true I'm a side character in Tanya's story at best but um (laughs) but how beautiful an experience that out of the seven billion people like the odds of you being born are so small the odds of like Tanya being born are so small. How beautiful an experience that every day I get to come in. And even when there's 25 people and I feel like I'm just like slamming my head in the rig, how wonderful that out of all of the people in the world and all the places I could be like for this hour, our paths get to intersect. And I like just try so hard never to take that for granted because the the odds of you and I existing in front of this podcast thing right now are so small, but here we are. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you not get jazzed up about your life when that happens? Like I can't. I think about it too. Like it's the, somebody explained something to me in, 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 they didn't explain it directly to me, but it was like in a video, they were explaining mm-hmm. basically like you, there's like this feeling, you know, this, a thing happens, mm-hmm. you get a feeling from that thing happening and then you choose how to react. So like the way you feel about things, a lot of times at, at the very root of things, most of the time it's a choice. You're choosing to react like, you know, you call me a name. I can choose to react negatively or I can just ignore you or I can be like, you know, thanks. Like be a, you know, a smart ass about it, whatever it may be. <clears throat> but a lot of times it's a choice. And, and I think for me, like even when, I mean, there's, gosh, Monday morning, I was super tired. I stayed way too late on Sunday watching Yellowstone, like <laughs> the whole thing. And I, and I was coaching. It was a new format. I was running over the 530. I had, you know, appointments. Right? It was just right. like the, the day just kind of stacked up on me super fast. And I was covering jujitsu. So it was just a long day. So all those things kind of stacked up on me. And, like, I found myself, like, in my feelings driving home in the morning about, mm-hmm. like, gosh, I'm going to be running and I'm going to be coming in hot all day. I have no idea when I'm going to work out today. And it was kind of feeling a certain way. And then I just kind of reminded myself, like, no, I'm going to choose to either walk in this house mm-hmm. after coaching mm-hmm. and my kids are going to be full tilt. And I can choose to be in a bad mood and then completely steamroll them mm-hmm. and just be a jerk. Or I can walk in and just be, like, everything I am, or, you know, everything in my life is still a blessing and, you know. Yeah. I'm going to choose to not react negatively to some of this stuff. My mom used to say it to me all the time when I was a kid, and it would drive me crazy. She'd be like, you need to choose a different attitude. And something that I have now caught myself saying, because you always end up selling your parents. Um, <laughs> we try not to. My husband and I, don't, we don't have kids, right. so we, but I try really hard to be intentional with our communication. So if, he, if I'm ever like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. 
obviously you're not fine. And so something I'll be, I'll say to him is like, it's okay if you're not fine. It's okay if you don't know how to process that feeling, but you're, I am a recipient of your attitude. Mm -hmm. And so you can say you're fine all day, but you are clearly in a foul mood. And whether you intend to or not, I have to be on the receiving end of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to give you space to work through that, but it's not fair to me because either you have now prevented me from being able to do something for you because I, if I frustrated you, I want to fix it. Or you are lashing out at me for something I didn't do. Mm. So it's okay if you're not fine. We don't have to talk about it. But you kind of kind of you got to shift that attitude a little bit because mm. it's not fair. Yeah, yeah, you're you're doing what I consider like holding space. <clears throat> like yeah, I, I do it. With, sometimes like uh, I would do this a lot with like people, my wife mm-hmm. especially. Like I feel like I needed to fix her problem. Mm-hmm. And then, then I heard the the concept of like I'm just gonna hold space unless that you know unless that problem intersects with like my energy or my bubble. Right. Like then we've got problems and we need to discuss that. But like generally. I just kind of let her have her thing and just listen, let it run its course. As long as it doesn't intersect with my happiness, like, which it can sometimes, and then we have conversations, but like holding space, uh, I feel is like generally the best route in this situation. Like, uh, and would you say you could easily do that with clients too? Like, you don't need to fix their problems. And that's so hard for me. I'm a type two Enneagram, Mm. um, all the type two wing threes out there. We're doing our best. We're doing our best. Um, type two wing wing threes are really fun because we're the helper type, but we have a very big concern about how we like appear to people. Mm -hmm. Um, would you say I was, you're an eight wing seven. Mm. I typed Cody, no test involved. He is a classic eight wing seven. Most entrepreneurs are eights. Most entrepreneurs are also ADHD, but we're working on that one. (laughs) Um, And so for me, it's not just a matter of like, how can I best serve people? But I I need them to see that I'm helpful. I Mm. need them to know when somebody, when you ask somebody to describe Jess, I want them to say that I'm helpful. Mm. And that's like almost to a detriment. Yeah. Because what does it matter if someone thinks I'm helpful as long as I I know that I'm serving? Um, And I think sometimes what I have found in that journey is that the biggest grace you can show somebody is by like telling them a little tough love, have a little tough love moment because it is not showing grace to anybody or being helpful to anybody. If I continue to allow them, if I continue to allow my husband to like hurt me with his um, behaviors and not voice how that makes me feel. I'm not serving him. You're like, I'm not helping him. You're almost um, like enabling. Yeah. I say like an enabling or accommodating a bad right. path. Right? I just had a meeting with a client who is um, having a baby, which is very exciting. And she's talking about kind of the idea of like bouncing back. And I had to be like, listen, like that's not going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. We're going to, that'll be our 2024 goal. And I'm sure that's not what she wanted to hear. Right. But like how, dis, what a disservice for me to like promise her something that I know that she's not going to mm-hmm. get. And then she's bummed because she didn't get what she wanted and what I promised her. But like, as a helper, I want to be like, yeah, I think we could totally do that, but mm-hmm. we can't. Mm-hmm. Not in a sustainable way. You'd so. be wrong twice, or twice. You'd be wrong for telling her it can happen, and you'd be wrong when the thing doesn't happen. Right. And then, you know, now she's going to look at you a certain way instead of just like, hey, we're just going to rip the bandaid off right now. And we're going right. to tell you what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear, essentially. Right. Um, so I think, so you talked a little bit about what you love about coaching mm-hmm. the most. Um, you You didn't. Like, this isn't the first place you coached. And it's so, so I got an email this morning from a guy. Yeah. And I thought about you instantly. And his, his ask was, do we have any job openings? <clears throat> My response was, what do you think I said? Just, I just want to know, what, what, what do you think I said to him when he asked for a job? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what you said to me. I don't, I don't think that you told him we had a job opening, but I, I'm sure you told him that you would have a, a conversation. Mm-hmm. Or, like, try to see kind of what his... Um, I don't want to say what his offer was, but mm. I do not believe you to be someone who was like, no, 
yeah. ever email us again. So it definitely wasn't a no. Right. My response was, would love to meet you. Would love to have a conversation. Yeah. Generally, most people who join our team are a client first <clears throat> or are a member of our community first. So I, I preface this question with this because I think it's important for like any, if you're a member listening to this show or, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, I think it's important to always hire from within your community or within your organization or gosh, even if you serve a product, you probably, you would probably get a lot better employee if somebody actually like took the product or, mm -hmm. you know, it took part in the service just because they're going to be bought in. So that's something I've always really tried to focus on as much as possible. So I basically told him, you know, like, got to be a member first, right? Mm -hmm. So you didn't coach here first. You coach here now. What do you love most about coaching here specifically? I, so I was a member, I would, I would say probably for the minimum amount of time required to be a member. I started coming here in June of 2020. My internship started in August and I was on the payroll in October. Um, and I, I had it. a, I, well, I mean, infiltrated I quick. I did. Yeah. I was, Came I had I had a goal in mind. All yeah. of my friends knew Cody's name. They were like, have you heard from Cody yet? And then he <laughs> followed me on Instagram and I was doing my pre-workout parties. Yeah. I was like, oh God, he's going to think I'm crazy. Um, I'm scoping you out. You were. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. Um, I was, this is the captain's wife who's just mm -hmm. walked in. She's mm -hmm. delivering a mug. This is Julie Fassbender, everybody. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so, Virtuous specific. I had, um, so Virtuous would be the fourth gym since starting my CrossFit journey that I have been a member of or that I had attended for more than like a session. Um, the first one was CrossFit Harrisonburg in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go Dukes, JMU, all mm -hmm. the way. Uh, and that gym, plug. that gym was great. Yeah. It was super fun, very small. Um, and then I was a member of an even smaller gym in Charleston, South Carolina. That one it no longer exists. It was um, very much just a group of friends who joined a gym. Like, a, hobby, a, gym. like a hobbyist gym? I loved them. They were exactly what I needed at the time. Um, it was a Christian-based gym, mm -hmm. so we had a big wooden cross. Oh, in that's the, the one you talked about that they would kind of come together and do a little we prayer would before. Pray before. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome. But I tell you know of that time, I would say that that is a, a gym that's a really great example of how the L one isn't sufficient. Mm -hmm. And if you're not driven to like continually educate yourself, it's not you're not going to do anything with that. Um, and then I went to a little a gym here for a little bit, um, and it just wasn't the vibe. I think virtuous what drew me in here and what I walked in I was like this is where I want to work is I walked in the door and I did not make it from the door to where the cubbies are I don't know it's probably like I don't know 50-ish feet of yeah. movement um and like three different people said hi to me and who I now know to be rusty talked to me for like five minutes straight mm -hmm. I came with my backpack on I was like a little boy scout um and I probably would have given you all my money that day, but you said I could have a week for free, so I took it. Um, but it was just like a good vibe, and it felt like um, like cheers. Like I felt like That's I don't. That's literally what I tell it people. It felt like cheers. Like yeah. I went the first day, I came back the second day, and it felt like everybody knew my name. And then I did not come back for Team Friday because I was scared. I missed the first three. Did you miss Team Friday? I skipped the first oh, three. My I'm ashamed. Goodness. And this no, and see, I used to be ashamed <laughs> of this, but I tell people this now. I missed the first three Team Fridays. I just did not go in. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm too sore. I like did not want to be a do a partner workout because I thought I was gonna slow somebody down. And I had that same fear. And so when someone comes in and they tell me they don't want to do a Team Friday, I'm like, I was you. Let me tell you, girl. Let me tell you, yeah. I I and then I'll be like, one time we tried to get rid of Team Fridays and there was a revolution in the gym. It was, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to get fired. Um, oh, so I, I, think, I think coaching at Virtuous specifically, and I coached at that little gym in Charleston for a while, um, 
and was a personal trainer at the base gym at the same time. I, I think what drew me about coaching at Virtuous is it felt like a space where I just got to love people. Mm. And that's what I wanted to do was I just, I just want to love people. Um, because that's, I think my most natural state is, is just showing people that they're valuable and that I care about them. And I think some places you don't get that. Um, and some places it's like when you're the only person with that energy, it's almost like people kind of side eye you like, well, now I have to step up Mm -hmm. and that, that doesn't happen here. It's like weird if you're not. I know. And like, I think we're all on fire in different ways. Like Jason, which you guys will find when he comes on the podcast. If he even talks, he might if just stay If he even there. talks, <laughs> his energy is so wildly different than mine. Uh, um, but I'm going to carry, I'm, I'm for sure going to have to carry that conversation. He, but he is so on fire for people in a different way. And sometimes it comes out in like a, like we're, we're at fisticuffs, um, or like I'm crying on the car ride home because he's bullied me for the fourth day in a row. But at the end of the day, it's because we're both we're both so impassioned about the people here. And I think that's what is like my favorite thing about coaching here is I just mm. get to come in and I get to like open the little chest in my heart and be like, ah, and mm. everybody, it just like works. I always tell people that um, generally I always have to say like, I'll say all these nice things about the coaches and, and sales consultations. I'll talk about the community. I'll talk about the culture. And I'm like, look, I can tell you in time blue in my face, like, you're going to have to experience it um, because there, there's, there's, uh, they, it was like a, a, a conversation with like joining the gym comes down to like three main questions and all of them are kind of based around trust, right? Like, do you trust me? Do you trust this is the place you want to be? Um, do you, do you trust that this program is going to give you what you, what, we're, what I'm saying it's going to. Right. Um, but I think like, I can't explain away all these things. Like they have to come in and feel it. Right. Um, and, and I feel like it's, a lot of times what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately in the gym setting, I think there's also people who don't want that. Right. Like people want to sometimes go into the gym so that they can just turn off. They don't have to be on. You know, yeah. like, I don't know that you can get very far here. Without I have had somebody in a consultation tell me that this did not sound like the program for them because it was too much accountability. Yeah. She was in a session today. <laughs> that yeah. consultation was like six months ago. Oh, wow. So that worked out yeah. real well. Um, she didn't no, know she wanted them. She didn't know she wanted us. I think... Um, it's yeah. I think the reality of the fitness industry is that it's ins- it's insanely oversaturated. Mm-hmm. It is wildly oversaturated. I think it's oversaturated with people that actually don't want to be there. They do it because they yeah. like working out and they want to pay for their exactly. Hobby. But I think there are few people who, like I remember when I was studying for my personal training exam at the front desk of Sam's Fitness Center. Sorry to my manager. He's <laughs> the worst. Um, he's not supposed to be doing that. Mm. I had like a bunch of people come up to me and they were all like, "Oh yeah, I did that. I have like just people." who left and right were like, yeah, I have my personal training, but they weren't doing anything with it. Um, or they would think that that like qualified them to like give Instagram advice. I can never imagine why people feel a certain way about when you, I have a deep rooted belief that we are doing the same work that like a doctor or a surgeon does. We just do it a little less a little invasive, bit. you know? Yes. However, we have to arm wrestle people for $200. Right. You know, whereas like, do you even see your I insurance had, bill for a surgery? I literally had this conversation with my husband last night with oh, yeah. Logan. I was telling him that, like, I mean, people, because um, we've, you know, with the new year, everybody wants to get their, this is the year, yeah. this is the year. And then it's it's not maybe showing up that way. Um, I think everybody wants to get fit, but nobody wants to, like, do it. Mm-hmm. And that, not to, like, paraphrase Kim Kardashian. Everybody nobody <laughs> wants Gosh. to work. Because I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, I think people want... You, at the end of the day, you choose, choose your hard. What's hard? Mm-hmm. What's harder? Um, 
you know, coming in and hanging out and partying and listening to me play the fourth Taylor Swift song in an hour, or like you can't walk up a flight of stairs. Like mm. I was at, I had, so I was select. Okay. Let me tell you guys, I'm mad about this. I had to go to jury selection. No, mm. I got to, cause I wanted to be a juror. I got to go to jury yeah, selection. I feel like you really took that. You're like, no, I'm going to be the best juror that there is. I was so ready. <laughs> oh, I was so ready. I was going to go to jury selection. The case was settled. We all got dismissed after a 30-minute video on how the jury selection process works, which I did go to the bathroom in the middle of because I know what a plaintiff is. Mm. I watch Law & Order. They, they are talking about how the courtroom is up two flights of stairs. And if you are unable to climb two flights of stairs because you have to be um, taken about the building by the bailiff, you can't walk around by yourself, then they would have they would show you where the elevator is. And I understand that, like, you know, my mom had a partial knee replacement when I was in my teens. There was a period of time where she could not have climbed two flights of stairs. It was a sports injury. She hurt herself skiing. But, like, the reality of it was, like, my mom was not doing anything to, like, try to strengthen that. And there were people in that room that were, like, very, um, like, very large, very unhealthy. They asked if there were smokers. They get a break. Several people raised their hands. Like, all of these just very unhealthy habits. And I think everybody is beautiful every body is valid but I think there are just some things in this world that we have to accept are not healthy and not being able to climb two flights of stairs to the courtroom under your own power is is one of those things where I'm like something's got to give I think it's a Buddha quote but he, he says something along the lines of the biggest the biggest mistake of man is thinking that you have enough time right people walk around here like you're going to get a mulligan with your body right and you're not and, and I would <clears throat> I've never had this conversation. I was about to say I would love to have this conversation. I don't know that I would love to, but I would be interested in hearing what a conversation would sound like with somebody who is at the end of their days, maybe that didn't take the best care of themselves and just see what they thought. Because yeah. a lot of those things are 100% preventable. I had these conversations with my parents all the time about just like, you know, mom, dad, like you, you guys are not taking good care of yourself. Like mm -hmm. that's going to take you out of this world faster. You know, are we going to do something about that? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it breaks my heart sometimes. Like, you know, people, when people come to this gym and they don't join, number one, I feel like I failed them because I didn't mm -hmm. convince them in a way that motivated them enough to take the jump. But the second piece is, is like, I know here getting results is a matter of time and a matter of effort, right. essentially, right? If you put in the amount of effort you need, you take the amount of time and you probably say control all the variables that matter, you know, have some accountability, work on your nutrition, your training, recovery, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're doing all those things, you're going to get what you want. <clears throat> I don't know that a lot of other places can say that with a straight face mm -hmm. and like not think they're full of crap. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm smoking my stuff. Like I believe it, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it, it breaks my heart because even just going to your local Safeway, you know, we have two older clients here that will often say, you know, or, or maybe would make comments about how they're not able to do the things that they used to do mm -hmm. they're, they're in their 70s. And I look at them and like, well, have you been to your local Safeway and looked around at other 70s? Mm -hmm. Usually they're in like a motorized cart of some sort yeah. or they're on a walker. That's how my granddaddy was yeah. around the BJ's. Yeah, yeah. We don't have BJ's here mm -hmm. in Costco. That's like, I was um, say, that's like a Costco. It's a Costco. We have Sam's Club in Virginia. It's like too, a right? Sam's Club, yeah. yeah. So it's BJ's. And he fell mm -hmm. once in the BJ's. Mm -hmm. um, and... He was there pretty frequently, and they were like, Mr. Winley, you're going to have to start using the, like, motorized scooter. He was so ashamed. He, like, didn't go back. And then we got him in the walker, and he wouldn't, like, use it. He would, like, pick it up and walk with it, like, try to walk with it. He was embarrassed mm -hmm. because he had, you know, he was in the National Guard. He was, a, like, a wedding photographer. He worked at the Ford Motor Plant. Um, and now he was, like, using a scooter around the BJs. Mm -hmm. And that 
was, um, and he was on like blood thinners because it was basically like, Wayne, you either get on the blood thinners and you have a stroke or we put you on, we buy you some more time and you have a stroke. And he had a stroke. And that's what happened. Okay. Um, and obviously I'm not going to like look at the, the sum of my grandfather's life and say like, well, granddaddy, if you had been doing this, you wouldn't have like, who am I to say that? But um, it definitely instilled in, you know, my mom specifically that like, she's like, I... I saw what happened to granddaddy. I saw, like, and that's not going to be me. And mm. she walks on the beach every day. She lives at this, like, condo on the ocean front. Like, yeah. very nice. Um, but she walks, and she's got this gym. She's so excited for me to move back because she's like, you can come work out with me. And I'm like, yeah, mom, sure. Um, she and my dad play ping pong. She gets a sweat doing ping oh, yeah. pong. Um, no pickleball yet? No, she does take pickleball lessons. Okay. She's been taking pickleball lessons with That's my fifth grade teacher. Taking the world by storm right now, pickleball. So here's a fun thing about pickleball. Um, <laughs> I have found out today, or in the last few months, that I am, in fact, a trendsetter, but today really said it. Mm. Um, before this, we talked about shackets, shirt jackets, oh um, which I've been wearing. I just called them oversized men's flannels since, like, 2012. Pickleball was part of the curriculum for my physical and health education degree. Oh. So I had to learn to play pickleball and then teach middle schoolers a unit to get my master's degree. And I almost failed college because I couldn't juggle. That's a true story. <laughs> Fun fact about your friend, Jess. But I made it, and I can now so juggle. So no juggling jokes, or we're going we're gonna to can't do I can't do, like, a ball, like tennis balls. Yeah. But, like, we had scarves, and I could do those. Uh, That's fine. That's. And you know what I had? Can we I unpack had, that for a second? Why does that matter? It's part of our rhythm and dance unit. Mm. Um, and this, segueing back to the the job. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from my advisor, Jackie Williams, Jacqueline Ann Williams. She signed all of her uh, emails, Cheers Jaw. And she said, you don't have to be good at anything to sh demo it. She was terrible at badminton and mm -hmm. none of her students ever knew that because she's like, I just demoed. I didn't have to demo from the service line to show them what a cert, like a demo looked like. I, <laughs> Holden, I can't, I can't, I've done one muscle up in my life. It was the ugliest muscle up ever. And my shoulder hurt for like a week after. Anytime somebody asks me about a muscle up, I get a stem bar because I can show them how to do a muscle up right. from the ground. And they never, they're not none the wiser. This is my secret. Um, and then her now husband, everybody listening to this knows, and everyone knows her husband was one of our, was the guy who was teaching the class on juggling and rhythm and dance. I had to write a line dance. Bobby Lifka, he was from Chicago when the Cubs won the world series. It was mm. like the biggest my dad's originally from, his family's from Indiana. It was a big deal in my house as well, but it was a big deal to Bobby. I sent him this email crying in my house. Um, I'm going to fail. I don't know how to do this. Bobby, I need more time. I can't, this is unfair. And he said, if you had spent half of the time writing this email practicing, you probably would be able to juggle by now. Mm. That hits. And it hit. That hits. And he was right. Yeah, yeah. And I must so say, he's not wrong. He was not wrong. <laughs> and so I, I am not very good at, I'm an emotional person, but something that I carry is like, yeah. you could spend an hour complaining about this, or maybe you could like try to do something else. Literally yesterday, my, my son was, I, I had asked him to do something around the house, and he spent so much time trying to cut corners. Right. That if he had just done the thing the first time. You know what they say. <laughs> you cut a corner and you just get two more. You just get two more corners. You just get two more um, corners. <laughs> so let's segue a little bit. Okay. Uh, what are some of your favorite things to coach? Ooh, I like, um, so I went to school to be a PE teacher. I have a master's. We've covered that, you know, in the, extensive. They call I, that pedagogy? Is that what they say? Pedagogy, pedagogy is the study of teaching. Mm -hmm. So I did not get a degree in pedagogy, but I had classes on pedagogy. Gotcha. Um, a lot of people will take pedag like do a do that in their doctorate. There's a there's a there's an entrepreneurial like uh, 
like a men's mentor dude Mm -hmm. and he's like he was like i have no qualifications to do this other than life experience my degree is in He's like, I'm the highest paid pedagogy teacher or something yes, like that. Yes, pedagogy like, yeah. is the, the science of teaching a thing. Gotcha. Um, and so it's, it's <clears throat> I think that degree, Tanya and I joke all the time that I like have no business. There's no reason for me to have a master's degree to do this job. <laughs> but it has, I think, made me, um, I approach all my classes very much from a PE standpoint. I sure. tell people all the time I just do adult PE. Um, but I got a minor in coaching. I was going to be a cross-country coach. That was oh. my plan. I was going to be a PE teacher and a cross-country coach, and I was going to be, like, barefoot making bread with my naval husband, blah, blah, blah. Here I am now. Um, and so I love when we have – clients hate it. Running, heavy running days, because mm. I feel like I get to, like, pull out my, like, track and field textbook and be like, hey, here's some stuff on running. Yeah. Um, I love talking about – I love coaching movements that people are really, no, like, notoriously bad at. I talked today about toes to bar and how if you're wildly swinging, you might be starting with your feet behind you. Mm. Move your feet in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Insane. I gave somebody a, a minor adjustment on like a burpee over the bar. And he was like, dang, Jazzy, you know what you're talking about. I was like, you pay me to know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I love um, endurance stuff because everyone hates it. I love coaching things people are really bad at because I feel like I can usually fix it. Um, and I love coaching... I think people skim through, like, the deadlift because it's just picking something up off the ground. I will go over a session if we're coaching. Like, I'll go over time if we're coaching the deadlift Mm. because I love, like, taking this nut that people are just like, oh, I can do that, and then we're just going to crack it open. And, like, I'm going to talk to you about... Do you you lactivate, lactivate? Do you activate your lats in the deadlift? You are now, buddy. Like, we're not just picking stuff off the ground. We're deadlifting. I love it. I pretty much love any Olympic lift just because it's always... I love to give a simple, a simple cue that gives like instant feedback. Like mm-hmm. I, more recently when I was, uh, I, I forget who was leading the session, but um, one of our clients was in the session, female client. I've been training for a long time and generally is the person that if you ask her, if you can, like you would almost want to ask her. I think this is my her. session because yeah. we've talked about this moment. Yeah. I, I always think about it. This and is my session. <laughs> it wasn't you're doing a bad job no 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 there were a lot of people in that session <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i know exactly what session you're talking yeah. about so, so i came up to her and i said can i give you something and she was like absolutely and, and i just told her to look up in yeah. the jerk because she kept floating forward yes and she did it and she like eyes wide open yeah. in the catch and then we dropped in she was like holy crap like that felt so much different and I was right like, i know wizard it's yep. amazing. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. moments where I feel like <laughs> like magic. I literally just told you to change where you're looking and it changed the entire movie. Changed the entire game. It's awesome. Um, so loving the endurance stuff, loving mm-hmm. teaching the deadlift, things like that. Um, I think kind of moving on from there, like let's talk a little bit about, when you know, when you get, I always tell people sometimes within the sales consultations, I make the joke of like, you know, because I'm, I'm talking to them about like having tightness in your hips and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I'll generally say, you know, you get into the fitness business, you think you're just going to work out all the time in your gym and you barely get to. Um, Never. Just because you're like today, I'm trying to think, okay, I've got a, an appointment in 30 in an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got to squeeze out. After that appointment, I have a 30 minute block before I need to do a call. And then do I want to work out at home today? I like yeah. working out at the gym because that's a lot of fun. So there's like all these things in my head, but like you don't have a lot of time to work out. Mm-hmm. For you, um, I know that that is often a balancing act in yourself too. So yes. what, there's probably not a secret, but what are some, I think, and the reason why I think this question can be helpful is because I think sometimes people fail to prioritize improperly or maybe don't put things 
in their day that they should, right? Yeah. And and I and I think most of us here do a good job mm-hmm. at just understanding that sometimes you just got to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So, what what are some things that you can offer somebody from a person who balances yeah. coaching, being a wife, being a coach, mm-hmm. and and still managing to keep up on your fitness? Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. I'm such a feel good person, mm-hmm. so I'm very bad at tough love. Uh, Tanya and I talk about this a lot. There are 24 hours in a day. Everybody's got them. I don't know if you've ever heard of the spoonie theory. Spoonies. It's something, it's a conversation in the chronic illness sphere um, that talks about, we all have the same 24 hours. So maybe we all start off our day with 10 spoons. Um, But for somebody who has a chronic illness, getting dressed might take a spoon. Whereas for you, it doesn't cost you anything. Um, Doing something, you know, exceeds, you know, takes more energy for me as a neurodivergent person, because I tend to do things twice. I do it in my head once and then I do it again um, in real life. And so though we all have the same 24 hours, we, I think it's really important to recognize that not everybody is able to prioritize things the same way because everybody's life is so different. I don't have kids. I can't understand what it feels like to walk into the house after a long day and your kid is like melting down because your <laughs> wife gave him the blue cup instead of the green cup. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this. But I do think some common things are that um, I have recently gotten really into uh, called the eight to eight rule. So my phone does not, I lock out all my social media apps, um, all of my like brain suck apps from, um, 8 p.m. until 8 a.m. the following morning. And so that was an intention that I set because something that I wanted to really prioritize was um, in this new year, like my intentional time in the in scripture. And for me, a really big time suck is my alarm goes off. And next thing you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram because I have a notification. Oh, Ishay sent me 15 videos mm. of people. And next thing you know, it's been an hour. And or I'm someone's gonna, husband got 25 or someone's reels in your feed, someone's husband got 25 right? reels in your feed. <laughs> I didn't name drop though. <laughs> no. Um, Ishay will love that I said his name in this podcast though. Oh, so, and suddenly it's been He's an like hour. He's like in his car right now, like, fwah, 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 fwah. <laughs> That's me. Um, and I've laid in bed and I've given this whole hour that I could have, and then I'm kicking myself because it's like, well, now I just don't have time to walk the dog. Yeah. And it's like, you did, Jess. You sure did have time to walk the dog. And I think people want to talk about like, oh, well, how much time's on your phone? Show me your screen time. There's nothing inherently wrong with decompressing. And like just vegging out on your phone for a little bit. But when you start to find that, well, I just didn't have time to work out. Well, I just didn't have time to walk the dog. I just didn't have time to do this. If that is something that's important to you, check your screen time. Mm. That was, uh, I didn't think it was going to be as much of a game changer as it was. Um, But it's been huge. And I have been, you know, I don't want to be like, I'm waking up early because I think, you know, there's a whole like 5 a.m. mindset. I'm going to be like 6.15, you know, 6.15 mindset. But before I would be like, if I had to leave the house at eight, I was really good at, I knew exactly how long it would take me from bed to car is eight minutes. Mm. That included getting dressed, brushing my teeth and letting my dog out. So I would get up at 7.42 because I had to leave at eight. And then I would be so mad because I didn't pack lunch. Mm. So now I have to get Chipotle. What's for lunch for the third time this week? And my dog's acting crazy because she didn't get to leave the house for the fourth day in a row. And it was like, oh, woe is me. I have no time. And it's like, you woke up at 7.42. Mm-hmm. And now you're mad that you don't have a healthy lunch and you have to eat out. Yeah. And now you don't have time to work out. Why didn't you? You could have. Um, and so I think it's not a magic tip. It's not a secret. But if there are things in your life that you really, really want to do and they're really important to you, 
Um, I don't think it's as simple as saying we all have 24 hours. I think you have to look at what costs you. What What is the cost of your social media time? And what is the cost of your screen time? And, um, you know, I, I, I hear it all the time. Well, of course you get to work out, Jess. You work at a gym. And it's like, I still work. Uh, yesterday I had a, a nine to five day, which is a typical corporate America at time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found the time in that to train because we have, cli- we have a client who drives from Allen, which is like an hour away, attends the 5.30, goes to work, comes back here to do his programming from Jason and then drives home. If he can do that, mm-hmm. I think I could carve out 30 minutes to walk my dog and talk to Jesus in the morning. Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of my, that's my take. I always tell myself. What's your screen time? Yeah, I always tell myself too, if it matters to you, you make time, right? So if it matters to you, make time. I think that was something, I'm trying to be more intentional with like my scripture stuff too. Mm-hmm. I generally would spend a few days per week like in scripture, mm-hmm. but I, I would, it would often be the first thing that would go if my day got busy. Yes. Instead of I like, journaled about this the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, no, this thing matters. I journal now. <laughs> no big deal. Um, you know, I have a lot more to talk about when it comes to mindset when I consistently journal. Yes. Or, or I do this thing called stacking, which is like I mm-hmm. try to get lessons and question my thoughts, which is, Tanya and I were talking about this yesterday. It always just ends up some things being my fault. Mm-hmm. Just super annoying when I'm mad at somebody. It's like, can it just be their fault? Their fault this time? Why? Yeah, but it's always my fault. But it's only because yeah. you're the only one that you have control over, Cody. I, I don't know if you knew that. I, know, trust me, I have journaling has been something that's been really unattainable for me for a long time because I set so many standards on it. Mm. I had to write. It had to be groundbreaking. It had to be pages. You, you feel like you have to write in the journal as if somebody's going to read it. As if somebody's going to read it, and mm. that was something that I took into this new year. And I actually talked to Sessions about it a couple yeah. uh, like last week. We had this extraordinary sunrise breathtaking. Mm. I cried, convicted by the Holy Spirit, cried sure. on this walk with my dog. And then Ishe, name drop, comes out of his house, we're neighbors. And I was just like, hello, it's fine. Um, <laughs> my first reaction, tell me my first reaction was to take a picture of it so I could put it on Instagram and everybody would know mm. that I did a sunrise walk and talk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is my life so performative? And I told the session that I was like, I asked, I like, did you guys see that sunrise this morning? Because the sunrise is at like 730 winter um and i mentioned that to a session i was like i'm trying to be less performative i'm trying to live more in the moment and worry less about what this is going to look like on my instagram story later and one of our clients said i would have never thought that and i said well what would you have thought and she's like i would have thought that i was a piece of shit who didn't get up early how terrible of a message would i inadvertently be sending and to some degree you can't control the message that people receive from you Mm -hmm. but if i if my intent is to show people how, oh, look at me, I have my life together. I'm up at 6.15 making coffee and listening to Elevation Worship. Then somebody is going to receive that as you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Who am I to tell somebody they're not doing enough yeah. in their morning? And so I think taking journaling, quiet time, these morning walks from a perspective of like, no one else is going to read this. If you write, ha- and, if I, and if it's something groundbreaking, I can always share it with my friends or whatever. If it's half a page and it's not anything like revolutionary, cool. Because then some days it's like, I can't stop writing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that made it really attainable because I think there was less of a like standard to it. Yeah. I always try to sit down and just think like, well, what's on my mind? <clears throat> Are there anything, is there anything I need to pull out in the open and question? Because mm-hmm. sometimes like it's weird, like you get it on paper and you get to look at it and you're like, hmm, that's an interesting way of seeing something. Or like just a raw emotion that you have and yeah. you pull it out of your head and you put it on paper and you're like, well, that's kind of stupid. I don't know if I need to actually think that way. Or right. like, man, like what a, you know, the way that you, the, the value system you've set up for yourself mm-hmm. have nothing to do with that thing that you actually are thinking in your head. Yeah. 
and it's like kind of screwed. It just kind of like flips it on you most of the time. Um, and, and so I'll offer you a counter perspective to, or a counter perspective to like showing things. Yeah. I often will do that too. Like, uh, my first reaction to things is to show something. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think about it like almost it's like splitting something 50, 50, right? Cause like 50% of the time I won't share it. I won't talk about right. anything like that. But I found too, like even just recently with like all the running stuff showing like the sweat every day thing that I do with yeah. our family, like sweet every day, we, we, we I know stupid autocorrect or just <laughs> stupid spelling problems. The, a lot of times that, that stuff's going on, I don't show up, but when I do show it, mm-hmm. it's always such, and, and this is just, I'm, I'm hearing from people, maybe I'm not hearing from the ones that take it a certain, uh, a negative way. But for me, it's always cool. Like, you know, I posted, I was running a half marathon and I start showing my runs, yeah. but then I like look around at how many people are running. Yeah. Jen, I, I, whether Jen would ever tell me or not, I think she's inspired I to run by like me getting, getting the bug, right? And uh, now that I've said that, she's going to, I'm going to hear from her about it. Not, not that like, you know, but truly that's the intention. For is sure. Because like, Sydney, who is, you know, across the country, she's Sid. into running. I got a message from one of my buddies in Virginia this morning. Right. He just signed up for his first 5K. So it's like the, my, my son's football coach, him and his, uh, him and his son yeah. are going to run a half marathon. So it's like, just talking about things sometimes can motivate people, but uh, I often, because I noticed a very a trend with myself too, is like mm-hmm. every time I'm reading scripture, I want to show people I got my right. Bible out. So now it's like, well, I'm going to do it half of the time that I feel that way, and right. I try to, like, I felt it this morning, but I'm like, you know, I showed it earlier this week. I'm like, well, going and I to. think for me, it's like, I think it's very important to do to show people that these behaviors are attainable. Clearly, they're attainable because I'm. I am a person who is doing them and so I think for me it's been like taking a second to pause and look at what my personal motivation is and I think what that has manifested in is the way that I share it so for example with my sunrise walks I wanted to pop a picture of the sunrise put my 6 a.m timestamp, and leave it and be like that's it mm-hmm. I posted about on my story the other day um, a picture of Abby after our walk and then I put a bunch of text over it that was like talking about I've been going on um, I follow this girl now I think her name's Ashley Hetherington, something like that. She's like, we don't do hot girl walks. We do holy girl walks. And she's like, that's her time that she outward processes, um, you know, and talks with God. And I posted about my like sunrise walks in that context. And I think that message just based on, and I will never know what the feedback from that 6 a.m. with a sunrise would be because I didn't post it. But the feedback I received from people about um, even just this idea of like starting your day off with a walk and 30 minutes of just outward processing it, whether that is to, you know, God or kind of whatever your universe looks like, um, sets your day up for something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the, the feedback I got from that was wonderful. And I think that's because in that moment, I was not sharing something to show like how much better I was or, or make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is something that's really convicted me. This is something that I really think is going to help people's lives um, or that I, I think is helping my life. And I think that motivation shows itself differently in the way that I went about posting it. So I think for sure, sharing, like working out with your family, running, like share your wins because people want to see them and people want to know that what you're doing is attainable. But I think it's really important to like check in with yourself and be like, am I getting validation from other people from this? Mm -hmm. Because then it's not sustainable. I think as long as you're showing stuff and it's not for that, it's not for the affirmation from somebody. Because then when that validation stops, I'm sure like, your quiet time stops because mm-hmm. it's not fun and new anymore for people. So right. why am I doing this? Zero dopamine hit. Zero dopamine hit. Right. Um, well, Jess, this has been a pretty cool conversation. This um, was so fun. I, number one, I'm going to ask you to plug yourself for, okay. for people who are listening um, to this that are not members. Wait. Yeah. But okay. before we do that, what what is just some something 
like parting. I know Tanya had to do the same thing. What is something just in parting that you can offer to people as something valuable? Meaning, like, is there you know a meaningful quote or just a, a quick mindset or some things that you've been working on that maybe others could kind of take as a lesson of their own? Like, what's some what's some what's just some some parting value um, you can offer? I'm gonna butcher this, and like the Doctor Who people are gonna come for me. <laughs> um, in 600 years of space and time, I have never met somebody who wasn't important. Mm-hmm. I've never met somebody who was a nobody. Absolutely not. Um, every single person you encounter in your day has something inherently valuable about them. Um, oh, I'm getting chills. This is like such a very important message to me is that like you included are the are like an in- insanely valuable person. Um, so learn from everybody. Know that you have something to teach people. And um, yeah, every single person is like uniquely, beautifully, wonderfully made and important. Love it. All right, plug yourself. Um, I am at Jess.Wibe. Jess as in Jessica. Wibe <laughs> as in W-I-B-E, like tribe. Um, I post very infrequently. Sometimes I post Instagram reels that I recorded for the gym, but then Cody never posted them, so I took them back and put them on my own Instagram. That is a real thing that I am doing. Uh, and most of the time I just use stories. So if you like pictures of dogs and occasional rants about ADHD and Jesus... Jess.Wibe is your place to be. Good. All right, Jess, thanks for coming on the show. Jess, out. (laughs) Thank you so much for spending time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Coach Podcast. I release episodes every single week. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any. You can learn more about me by following me over at Instagram and Facebook at Coach Cody Smith. Lastly, and before you go, I would love your help. Please head on over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star rating and review. This is how we grow the show and continue to bring impactful information to you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode.